0: Let's praise him. Hallelujah Jesus. God, we give you the glory, the praise, the honor. We magnify you, Jesus. We lift up your awesome name. Praise God. Matthew chapter 24 if you have a Bible with you, Matthew chapter 24. Again, we want to recognize our guests that are here. Good to see you, brother and sister Perez. God bless them and others that are visiting here today, others that uh, all of you that are here, thank you. Uh, Matthew chapter 24, and as you're turning there, by the way, it will be up on the screen as well. Last week, I preached on the topic, the breakthrough. There's CDs available for that. If you want to see the sound folks back there, uh, let them know, and we will allow you to take those for free, as long as once you're done listening to it, you would pass it along to someone else. So they're free uh, if you'd like to see the sound people regarding that. Matthew 24 starting at verse 15 it says when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by daniel the prophet stand in the holy place whoso readeth let him understand then let them which be in judea flee into the mountains let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of the house And except those days should be shortened, notice this, verse 22, except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake those days shall be shortened. This morning I want to preach from this title, I want to talk about abbreviations, abbreviations. Lord, once again, touch us, thank you for being with us, thank you for your mercy, grace, for your power, for your spirit that is here in such a sweet way. Touch everyone as we hear the preaching of the Word, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Now, the word abbreviation actually comes from the Latin, which means short. How many of you have a cell phone? Right? Some of you don't. Wow. Really, how many of you have a cell phone? All right. Okay, just about all of us, if not all of us. And every one of us uses, most likely at least, every one of us uses abbreviations, especially the young people. And uh, you will use abbreviations in many of the conversations that you have on your cell phone. And how many have ever heard the abbreviation WWJD? What is that? What would Jesus do, right? In our digital world and in this generation, talking and text and abbreviation just goes hand in hand, and I'm going to just touch on a few of those as I get into this message. The abbreviation AFAIC means, as far as I am concerned, A-F-A-I-K means as far as I know. A-F-K means away from keyboard. B-R-B means be right back. Anybody know any of these yet? B-T-D-T means been there, done that. How many know what B-T-W means? By the way, right? C-slash-C means comments and criticism, EOM means end of message. FAQ means frequently asked question. FTFY means fix that for you. FTW means for the win. FWTW means for what it's worth. FYI means for your information. Now, for those of us that are a little older, we may not get a lot of these. You know, we just stick with LOL. That's about it. FWIW means for what it's worth. FYI means for your information. HTH means hope that helps. IANAL means I am not a lawyer. IIRC means, if I recall correctly, IMHO means in my humble opinion. There are so many abbreviations, and I'm going to cover a few more. IMO means, in my opinion, IOW means, in other words, LOL means, laughing out loud. It doesn't mean, just so you know, lots of love. Maybe you've tried that, but it doesn't mean lots of love. NT means no text. OMG means oh my God. O-T-O-H means on the other hand. P- uh, PTL means praise the Lord. R-L means real life. R-O-L-F means. i I'm sorry. I got it wrong. R-O-F-L means rolling on the floor laughing. Uh, T-B-H means to be honest. S-M-H means shaking my head. T-T-F-N means ta-ta for now. T-T-Y-L means talk to you later. Are are, are you still with me? There's so many more beyond that. The G with parentheses means grin and so forth and so on. And, of course, C-T means Connecticut in abbreviation. In this fast-paced society, we live with impatience. We are in a microwave society that loves everything here and now and at this moment. Anytime we have to stop long enough to wait, we get irked, we get upset about it. Asking a serious question today, when is the last time you looked at the fine print? The last time you bought a phone or the last time you got a new program or the last time you bought a new computer, be honest with me today, how many of you have read all of that fine print that goes on for pages and pages and pages and pages? I don't think I've ever read it. I just scroll all the way down to the bottom, click accept so I can use the computer or so I can use the phone. Am I the only one that's here? Or do we have a lawyer in the house that wants to check everything out? And I'm not saying you shouldn't, but what I'm saying is that most of us don't. Because we just assume that that ease is just something that they have to put out there, so we, accept, we just accept it simply because it's easier that way. For all we know, we could be signing away our firstborn son. We could, be si- we could be signing over all the rest of our paychecks for the rest of our life, but we don't read the fine print because it's too cumbersome. It takes too long. So whether it's a new app for your phone or new uh, phone or new, new anything, literally there are Conditions that come along with it. In Matthew 26, verses 36 through 46, it says Then cometh Jesus with them into a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and being uh, began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, or wait ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. I'm going to read on in just a minute. In a sense, this was Jesus Uh, jesus prayer to say if there's a way that i can get beyond these next few hours and this next day or so i would like that somehow abbreviated i would like somehow for this time to not have to happen for the crucifixion and for the torture and everything he knew that he would go through but in that prayer he said nevertheless not as i will but as thou will. It goes on in verse 40, it says, He cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What could ye not watch with me one hour? The Lord asked Simon Peter, he said, Couldn't you pray with me just one hour? Just one hour is all I was asking for. He goes on, Watch and pray, and enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And my Lord, can we ever get a message out of that? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went, went, went away again and a second time and prayed saying, "O oh, father, if this cup may not pass from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again for their eyes were heavy. They were tired and He left them and went away again and prayed a third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and said unto him, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is uh, betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. I want you to know this that I believe we want to tackle life. We want to be conquerors. We want to be victors. We want to be achievers. But we want to do it as quickly as possible. The telephone part of many people's cell phones is taking the back seat to texting. What's happening amongst our teenagers and our young adults is they talk less and text more. How many of you have seen those flaming thumbs of those kids? I mean, they're in there just going like that. They can talk so fast. But my fear is that this next generation is losing relationships because they're losing the ability to really communicate. I'm not putting this generation down. It is what it is. You have been dealt this hand. It's the way it is for you. But I see young people that can be sitting in the same room texting each other instead of talking to each other. I see some adults doing it too. Actually, most of them are adults anyhow. You know, I, I, I go and get allergy shots every, about every four weeks. And it's a very large doctor's office, and a lot of people getting allergy shots. And I go in there, and there's dozens of people literally waiting there to get their allergy shots. And I look around, and everybody's got their face in their phone. Everybody. doesn't matter if they're 78 years old or 10 years old. Everybody's got their phone out. They're checking their emails. They're checking their texts. They're paying their bills. They're doing this. They're doing that. And it's just the society in which we live. If somebody taps you on the shoulder, it's almost like you jump. And what do you want? It's because of the way things are. We want to tackle life quickly. And yes, that telephone is a part of our lives. But some people don't even know how to use the telephone portion. Just saying. But life is not microwavable. Sometimes we just need to slow down and experience life without the abbreviations. Amen. Somebody still with me? When it comes to your walk with God, you need to slow it down and experience Him. You can't carry on a text relationship with the Almighty. You've got to get down on your knees and talk to Him. You've got to read His Word. But as I said, my life is not microwavable. When it comes to your walk with God, we need to slow down. Take time to talk to God. Take time to pray. Matthew 24, starting at 15, it says, "...when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth let him understand." Then he goes on in verse sixteen. He says, "Then let them be which be in Judea flee unto the mountains. Let him which is in the in the housetop not, or on the housetop not come down and take anything out. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. But woe unto them that are with child and them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in winter, neither on the Sabbath day, for then shall be tribulation such such as not." been since the beginning of the world to this time no ever shall be and I'm going to stop for a moment and say this Uh, we are living I believe this is the last generation Uh, I believe that the Lord is coming soon uh, that he's coming back for his church we're living in a time uh, of great tribulation and great distress uh, that is going to come upon our society and I'm here to let you know this morning uh, that you can't go through those troublous times uh, without a real relationship with Jesus uh, without really getting down and dirty with the Lord uh, and saying, He's with me and I'm with Him. You know, I'm amazed, and we have been talking about a new series that we're going to be teaching uh, called Ready for Life for our teenagers and young adults. I'm absolutely amazed at what some young people simply do not know what to do. They don't know what a bank account is. They don't know how to fill out a deposit ticket. They don't know how to use a debit card. I mean, they can swipe it, but one of these days they're going to keep swiping and swiping and swiping, and it's going to be out of money, and they're going, What's wrong with the bank? you got to figure out how to budget. you got to figure out how real life really is. you got to know what it's like to pay a rent payment and a mortgage payment and a car payment. And you've got to know what it's like to keep some money back because these bills are going to be coming, aren't they? Or am I just too real life? Real life isn't like what it's like in high school. Real life isn't what it's like in college. When you get out of college, when you get out of high school and you start figuring out what life is really about. And you know what blows my mind? Excuse me for just ranting and raving for a little while, but I've looked at some young people that they're graduating from high school that can barely write their names. Oh boy, it's going to get quiet in here. I mean, they can barely write their names. Uh, there, there was a young people that I, a young person that I, I was working with recently, and I asked him to sign his name, and I couldn't even figure out. I, I, I couldn't do it if I tried how he was holding the pen. I'm going, is is that what they taught you in school? I mean, his pen was all pointed the wrong direction, is kind of writing down this. I mean, and I said, can can you do a signature? They said, Well, I can kind of spell it out. That just blows my mind that that's the reality. But I tell you something, they can text a fire. Man, they, they can text. You see those fingers going and they can text. My goodness, boy, they can spell and they can do everything else if, as long as it's on a screen. But if it's on a piece of paper? <laughs> It, it, and so, I, I'm not here complaining. I'm just trying to tell you that that's the way it is today. Verse 22, it says, and except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be short- shortened. What the Lord is saying is, when that time approaches, the Lord is going to have to truncate it. He's going to have to shorten it a little bit. Because there's some people that have no real walk with God. Oh, they love Him. And yes, they do worship Him. But it when it comes right down to it, they don't really talk to him. There's no real relationship. We all know that Jesus is coming soon. I believe we feel it. We sense it. Tribulation, such as the world has never known, is coming. It's on his way. What I've noticed is this. People hate Christianity because the Bible tells them that their actions are bad and that they're sinning. They want a shortened Bible light. Now recently, actually I don't know how recently, but Max Lucado, Lucado recently wrote a book and it's called The Story. Now some of you may have that. And I am told that it's a good book and I'm not preaching against that. But what I am told, and I will get it and I will read it, what I am told is that it kind of tells the story of the Bible in a very shortened version. And what's happening in our society is people are okay with reading something like that in a shortened version instead of opening up the pages of this precious book. Uh, Amen. I'm here to let you know that we ought to wear our Bibles out. Uh, we ought to, the, the corners ought to be frayed uh, and the pages ought to be stained with tears. Uh, we don't need a Bible light. Uh, we need the real thing. We don't need an abbreviation. We don't need an abbreviation. They, well they, so people want a shortened Bible life. The Bible preaching doesn't make, you know, uh, they don't like it sometimes because it makes them feel bad. That's why. Churches are opening coffee shops and, and having praise dancing and things that are replacing the prayer rooms and the altars, uh, bingo and movie nights instead of Bible studies and prayer. I'm here to let you know that we better get back to the Bible studies and we better get back to the prayer. And I'm not putting anybody else down. What I'm saying is uh, if we really want to have a victorious walk with God, we've got to get back to the basics. Uh, we can't truncate it. It's got it. We've got to do it the right way. Paul said to the Galatians in Galatians 4.16, Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? We're living in a day when people will walk right out of church the minute somebody preaches something they don't like to hear. I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. And I'm not gonna water you know water it down or powder coat it for you, sugar coat it. I'm not going to. If you you know, if you want a watered-down, spineless preaching, you can find it just about anywhere in town. Uh, but if you want the truth, the unadulterated, uncompromised truth of the word of God, then you're you found the right place. You're here in a place that loves the word of God uh, and loves to preach the word of God even when it rubs the wrong way, even uh, at times, and hear me, the word of God will offend you sooner or later. Somebody say amen. There will be times where you're going to squirm in your see. I remember the time uh, years ago when I was a teenager. I want to say I was about 16 years old and it was at our district camp meeting, uh, youth camp meeting. It was in Ashford, the same camp we use now. And I remember when a man came to preach in our service. His name was O.R. Foss. He has long since passed, uh, as far as I know. But uh, I, I want to tell you something. If there was ever a preacher that would scare you silly, that would just scare you to death, it was that guy I mean he would read you the riot act he'd look at you like he was looking right through your soul And I remember one time he was preaching a message. It was talking about crucifying the Lord afresh. and He literally took his belt off and he started snapping that belt on the ground and telling us young people uh, every time you sin willingly, it's like you're crucifying him afresh. Uh, He would take that belt and slap it down on the ground. Uh, And then he would take that belt. he, He walked through the audience and he would hand it to a young person and say, come on, get out of that row right there. Go ahead and whip whip him again, whip him again, and young people would melt and cry because of the idea that my sin is crucifying him afresh, but we don't want to hear stuff like that. We want Bible light. We want easy listening type Bible and, and preaching, but that's not the way it ought to be. I will never forget. I was sitting maybe about four or five rows back on the outside because I always wanted to be able to get to the altar without any hindrance. And I re- I literally remember sitting there and I was serving the Lord. I was walking with Him. As far as I knew, there was no sin in my life. Uh, but as that preacher started walking down that aisle, I was saying, "Jesus, don't let him look at me. Jesus, don't let him call me. Jesus, don't let him ha- let, don't don't let him hand me that." Belt. I I mean I, I got to tell you something. I was praying pr- praying and repenting for stuff I hadn't even done. I was trying to cover all my bases before he got to me. Jesus, whatever I did, whatever I did, forgive me. I didn't want him calling on me. I mean, I oh, I didn't know It was. I got to tell you something. It, It was like he had these flaming fire eyes that would just look into your soul. It was almost like he could read your mail. Now, personally, as as much as that type preaching hurts sometimes it blows my mind because God talks to the man of God and God talks to somebody on your behalf to get you to walk closer with him and yes the Lord will reveal things and no I don't believe we should go out and just call people sin and say thus saith the Lord the Lord has told me you're doing this I don't believe we should do that simply because uh, first of all we could be wrong but secondly if God's going to deal with it he has a way of dealing with it without the whole audience knowing about it Uh, I mean I can go go to somebody one-on-one and say, I believe this is what the Lord told me, but there are some things that I would never say across the pulpit. But we serve a God that wants to get a hold of our attention. We serve a God that wants us to have a relationship with Him. And so sometimes people get mad and think that preaching is too hard. Let me use this quick illustration. Have you ever gone to one of those car washes where all it is is that high-pressure water that's squirting at your car and washing your car off? You drive through and nothing really touches your car. It's just the high-pressure water that's hitting it. Well, here's one thing that I've noticed. You go through a car wash like that, your car will look clean, but it's not really clean. Take a white towel after your car wash is done and run it down the side of the car and you will see all the junk that's left because all it was was high-pressure water. But you go to one of those car washes that beats your car up. I mean, it's got those twirling brushes and those big felt things that are going like this, and your car's going like this all the way through it, and you get all the way to the end, and you take that same tile and wipe it down the side of the car, and now your car's clean because it's taking the pressure and it's taking the the, the the brushes and everything else to dislodge the soil. We don't mind some of that high pressure type preaching, but we don't want to. We don't want to get bruised up in the process. But you know what my prayer is? Lord, if you've got to bruise me, then bruise me. God, if you've got to shake me, then shake me. If you've got to stir me up, then stir me up. God, if you have to send a preacher to a pulpit, to, or if you've got to send somebody to talk to me, if I'm not in line with you, then God, help me, because I must be saved. Is there anybody else with me today? I must be saved. So I, I'd ask you this morning have you read your Bible lately? I'm not talking Bible light, I'm talking have you read your Bible lately now? I'm all for devotions, and I'm all for a lot of the tools and things that can come our way. I'm grateful for all of them. But have you ever just sat down lately and read the Bible? And, and saying that, I'm here to tell you it's not painless. <laughs> Amen? <clears throat> You'll see in the Bible that gossiping is wrong. You'll see in the Bible that lying is wrong, and fornication is wrong, and adultery is wrong, and stealing is wrong. (laughs) Amen? You're going to see that cheating is wrong in the Bible. You read the Bible, and you see David's adultery. And you see Mary Magdalene's prostitution. I have talked to people before that have said to me, why is all that nasty stuff in the Word of God? And I've told them because that's real life. Because that's real life. We would have it where it would be a lot nicer the Word of God would be a lot more pleasant and clean if we could edit out some of that nasty stuff. But you can't edit it out. And yes, David committed adultery. And then he had the, 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 the husband of the, the lady that he committed adultery with, murdered, killed. But then in the end, God says, David, as a man after my own heart, it means that there's hope. There's hope for me. There's hope for you. No matter how bad we've messed up, God says, you can come back. You see Gideon's doubt. You see Samson's womanizing. You'll see Peter's denial of Jesus and Peter killing Christians. I mean, Paul, Paul's killing Christians. You will see a bloody cross and Jesus' face being spit upon. This is the real Bible. This is the real Word of God. The Bible tells you about giving your tithe. and it, By the way, it also tells you you ought to pay your bills. I got one or two people that are agreeing with me this morning. By the way, that's kind of a novel idea, paying your bills. It kind of makes life a lot easier. So they don't come and pick you up and put you in jail. Amen. Somebody. You'll see in the Word of God how that you should live an honest life and how that you should treat people right. And again, novel ideas, but it's in the Word of God. <laughs> Amen. It doesn't listen. It, it, your nationality does, doesn't matter. A- Bit to me i don't care if you're white or black or yellow or brown it doesn't matter to me there's not a prejudice bone in this body when we get to heaven we're going to be worshiping together hispanics and and gringos like me and black people and white people and yellow people and brown people if you can't get out of your prejudice i doubt you're going to make it to heaven You're not going to have a black section and a white section. Well, come on, somebody, give me an amen. Help me out this morning. If you can't worship with somebody of a different nationality right here and now, I doubt you're going to make it. And by the way, you don't have to be white to be prejudiced. We're living in the days that Matthew speaks of when he says, Unless the day be shortened, no flesh shall be saved. So, sorry, young people and adults alike, there's no abbreviating living right and serving God. There's no abbreviating it. Sometimes we just need to put our smartphone down. Sometimes we just need to put our tablet down. Uh, In fact, maybe you just need to set it. uh, Don't even put it on vibrate because you'll hear that thing vibrate two or three rooms away. Just shut the thing off or turn it off uh, and go and talk to Jesus for a little while. Now there's a novel idea. Put your cell phone down uh, and worship him. why one of our screenshots up there says please turn your cell phone off in church because you know what you can't believe it or not listen to me all right this this will this will be a revelation to you all right everybody come on you pay me attention for just a minute all right everybody got this you got my attention you're going to hear this right you're going to listen to it you will not die without your phone for an hour and a half I know it's going to be painful because some of you are more addicted to your phones than you are to food. Oh, I just said that, didn't I? (laughs) Whatever happened to the parents sitting down at the dining room table or at the kitchen table and literally having dinner with their children, with their families? But you got this one running there and that one running there. And everybody's sitting down, and, you're, and nobody, nobody seems to sit down and come together anymore. So sometimes we just need to stop texting. And, and you know what? I, let me go ahead and touch on one of my pet peeves. I don't care what you had for breakfast this morning. People log on to Facebook. I had Cheerios today. And I even had a banana on top of it. I could care less. Well, I took 14 steps to go to the bathroom, and then I took 15 steps to go to the kitchen, and then I took 58 steps to go out and get my newspaper out of the front step, and then I came back and I read part of my newspaper. I read the comics, which is the best part of the newspaper. Listen, <laughs> I understand you want to share everybody every intricate detail of your life, But you know what? Maybe you should just hit the highlights. Maybe you should tell about the miracles that God does for you and the things that you learn out of your Bible. And maybe you ought to present yourself uh, as a Christian that loves God uh, more than loving the attraction uh, of the texting and the emailing and the Facebook and the this and the that. I I already got myself into this. I may as well keep coming. America is getting dumb. Because instead of doing any research at all, you can Google it. You know, you you wonder why. uh, you, You wonder why libraries are closing because those dusty books are sitting on the shelves. The only reason hardly at all that they go to the library is they're going to use the computer at the library. Amen. I mean, you, you talk to some young people about, you know, there's this place downtown that's right next to the YMCA. It's called a library. You walk in there, and you can get yourself a card, and you can check books out, and they look at you like, books? Seriously? You're not, you're joshing me or something. Yeah, a book. You know, it has cover on the front, cover on the back. Index shows you where all the stuff is inside, and it actually has words on paper. Now, there's another novel idea. And I know I'm being a little facetious, but I'm trying to really drive this point home. Too many people are digitally smart but fall short in the real-life category. And so, as I was mentioning a little earlier, we're, we're putting out, we, we've been working on it now for months, but we're going to be teaching our young people the Ready to Life series to talk about the basics of the things that you're going to need to look for as you become an adult. There are some young people, 22, 24, 25 years old, that have no idea what life is really about. Our schools aren't going to teach it. Some young people just have no idea what it's going to be like. They don't realize when they get that first paycheck, somebody stole a a whole bunch of money out of it before you actually got it. Do I have a witness somewhere? They think, wow, I made $200 this week. And they look at that paycheck and say, Where'd it go? Wait till you get a family. I've said this before you know what? If I signed my own paycheck, I'd probably get arrested. I mean, well, actually, most of it's just electronically defi- deposited. But literally, if I got a paycheck, you know, I, I, when, I, when, it, when we got a live check, I just hand it to my wife. There it is. You know, she's, she's good with finances. She's so tight, she hums in a high wind. I mean, she squeezes that nickel and the Indians riding Buffalo. I, I'm telling you, uh, you know, me, I love to spend money. She's tight. And so she, the reason we own a house is because of her. I just have a bigger boat. Every once in a while, she's kind to me when I say, honey, can I have 20 bucks? No, she, she'll give me what I need. You know, I, I, I'm joking a little bit. But really, I mean, literally, I, you know, I, I'll ask her, honey, can I, can I have 20 bucks? Sometimes I feel so guilty for asking. Brother Brown, I'm like, I hope she's in a good mood today. You all pray for me, will you? I'll pay for this later. (laughs) And I I like shortcuts. I do. If I can find a way to do it quicker, I will. But in in our age, unless the day is shortened, the Bible says, no one will be saved. And by the way, the Ten Commandments are not ten suggestions. Amen? Amen. Sometimes there just aren't any shortcuts. <laughs> it's, not, it, it's not a good idea, you know, to download somebody else's term paper and put your name on it. It's not a good idea. Those professors been around this block a few times. And, 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 and I've, I've done it. How, how, how many of you, you know, all right, now, how, how many of you, uh, don't raise your hand, but how many of you guys think you're macho? You know, when, you, when your wife brings home something or you bring home something and it's got to be put together, most of us guys will try to put it together without looking at the directions. Come on, guys. So come on, somebody help me out here. Don't leave me hanging. How many of you have ever tried to put something together without the instructions, without the directions? Okay, a few of you ladies are being honest at least. You know, us guys, we won't admit it, but we do. You know, uh, we we put all the parts out, and we say, okay, well, this looks like it goes there, and that looks like it goes there, and this looks like it goes here. And we get the thing half put together, and it's kind of cockeyed like that and looks weird. Finally, we get out the instructions and say, oh, that part doesn't go there. It's supposed to go over here. You know what I'm talking about. I don't like the instructions a lot because I think I can do it better. Or faster without reading the instructions, but there have been too many times where I've learned. You know what? If I would just at least read through that first, I'd be a lot better off. Amen. So it, it works sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. But just so you know, it's not. It, it's not. And, and, oh, and let me say this: I'm not against listening to the Bible on um, on cassette or well, excuse me, I just told my age uh, on CD you know, or you got a thumb drive or something. I'm not against that. I'm not against listening to the Bible in your car and that kind of stuff. I'm not against it. In fact, I think it's a good thing, but it doesn't replace sitting down and opening up the book. I love devotionals. I love all of the uh, great materials that we have, and it's awesome. But but I'm saying we can't abbreviate Our walk with God, our walk with God is a 24 hours a day, 7 days a week relationship. Going back to Galatians 4, verse 17, it says, They zealously affect you, but not well. Yea, they would exclude you that you might affect them. But it is good to be zealously affected, always a good thing. And not only when I am present with you. He says in verse 19, my little children, of whom, notice what he says, I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. The man of God was saying, I travail for you. I'm not just praying for you, but I travail for you. Like a woman giving birth. Until Christ is formed in you. Paul was saying there's not too many shortcuts. Uh, You're listening to the wrong people. What he is saying is uh, he's trying to let us know that I I, I travail as a woman in birth so that Christ might be formed in you. And I thank God for great pastors, great ministers. uh, Brother Brown and Sister Marie and uh, Brother Valdez and and Brother Shaw are ministers. I'm so grateful for every one of them. And I guarantee you that they travail. Travail for us as I travail for you, but they also travail so that Christ would be formed in us. Galatians 4.29 says, But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born of the spirit, even so it is now. What the men of God is saying to the church at Galatians is there's always going to be that battle between flesh and spirit. It was that way years ago. It's going to be that way until the Lord returns. The flesh and the Spirit will always be contrary to each other. You go to pray, the phone starts ringing. You go to pray, and the kids start screaming. Everything goes wrong because there is a that contrary thing between the flesh and the Spirit. Your flesh wants the easy road. But your Spirit knows to walk with Jesus is an investment. If our musician could come here in just a moment. But your spirit knows to walk with Jesus, as I said a moment ago, is an investment. Trust me, there's no shortcuts to serving God. My experience is this. Those that try to take shortcuts usually fall by the wayside. Because there's no shortcuts to really knowing what it's like to talk to Jesus. And really knowing what it's like to be ministered to by the Lord, just just like uh, you know, just like having babies. There's no shortcuts. There really isn't. You can't stop. You can't skip the labor pains. It's going to happen. Even if you can't have a baby naturally, there's, there's, there could be the pain of surgery, which sometimes I'm told that can be even worse than having a baby. But the reality is this. If you're going to bring a baby into the world, it's going to cost you something. And the same holds true regarding our walk with God. If we are going to walk with Him, it is going to cost us something. Would you stand with me today? We like abbreviations. We like shortening things and truncating things. But sometimes let me say it like this. I know there's a lot of fast foods and there's a lot of other things that that are so easy to make, but there's nothing like a home-cooked meal. There really isn't. Uh, you know, I know that sometimes it's so easy just to open a box and put some water in it and put it in the microwave. You know, I've never, I tried ramen noodles once. I tried ramen noodles once. There was so much salt in that. My blood pressure went, My kids lived on ramen noodles. I mean, we bought them by the case, I think, or at least the big packages. I mean, ramen noodles, ramen noodles, ramen noodles. They were good at it. Come on, somebody, admit. How many of you have had ramen noodles and like it? All right. God forgive you. It's the reality of life. Just pour in a little bit of water, boil it, or put in the microwave, mix it up, all done. But that's not what we would call a healthy meal. Now is it? I, I'm going to tell off on myself for just a minute. A week or so ago, my wife bought a box of Hostess Twinkies. Not Twinkies, I mean uh, Ho- Hostess Cupcakes. They're going to have those at the marriage supper of the Lamb, I guarantee you. What is there, like 10 in the box? I guess, I don't know. Eight. (laughs) See, I told you she counts, told you she's good with numbers. They were there for about a day or so. And she said, You know, I only got one out of that box. She's true. That's right. I ate seven of them. The next box, too. I, I have a problem with cookies and snacks. I really do. I mean, I, believe me, like if it's before supper, you know, Those chocolate chip cookies are just so, so attractive. Even last night, she's getting ready to make supper, and so I'm digging into the the big chocolate chip cookies she got, and I ate a couple. And she said, "You know, I'm going to be making supper here." I said, "Yeah, I'm just kind of priming it, you know, just getting ready." Life is so awesome. It really is. And we can laugh and joke and we can have fun, and that's great. And we can experience some of these things that are, uh, that are enjoyable in life. But what I have found is this. In my walk with God, as much as at times I have tried to abbreviate it, I have found that sometimes you just need to get into it and learn how to really talk to God and learn how, how to really have a relationship with Him. Learn how to really walk with Him. Because your walk with God cannot be abbreviated. It can't be shortened. And so as Sister Melanie begins to lead us in worship, I'd like to open this altar today that anybody, for anybody that would like to talk to the Lord for just a moment. Maybe you, like me, have made attempts at times to kind of truncate or abbreviate our walk with God just because we're so busy with everything else. And I understand busy because I I guarantee you everybody within my voice today is busy. Sometimes you just don't know how to fit everything in that you've got going on. But yet somewhere we've got to just shut the phone off and we've got to... Close ourselves, put ourselves into a room somewhere, close the door, and say, Jesus, this is time for you and I. This is time that we need to spend together. You can't abbreviate your walk with God. This altar is open if there's anybody that would like to talk to the Lord. Brother Brown is going to come and help close out the service. God bless you. This altar is open. Does anybody want to talk to the Lord? And maybe. Maybe we just need to remind the Lord this morning that, God, I really do want to walk with you. I know I haven't committed the time that I really need to, but I, I want you to know, Jesus, that I love you with all my heart, with all my strength, with all my soul. I love you, Jesus. Brother Brown is coming.